is episode 37 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Rosie Fordham. drinking game um i think that be like we'd have to take you know the drinks whenever i said something like old or Uh. or yeah i don't get it right or something like we'd like so we'd get really ratted on that so you're already predicting what i'm going to say what you're going to (laughs) say Maybe. That's interesting. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Why, why do you have expectations about what you're going to say? Uh, because... Why do I have expectations? Because um, you think, why would, why would anybody interest, be interested in hearing what I've got to say unless one is perceived as being slightly not the norm. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. I would say you are slightly not the norm. Exactly. Hmm. So the things that make me slightly not the norm, Hmm. I would say the big, the one that, you know, apart from obviously being extraordinarily talented, Hmm. Uh, would be my age, so I'm going to have a drink now. Right. Oh, I see. Fair enough. Yeah. We should explain that we are um, eating um, two types of uh, lemon cake. Yeah. Uh, We've got lemon meringue mm. and the lemon chiffon. Mm. I'm starting on chiffon. Um, I'm sort of alternating between the two. Good. Um, are you doing it? Would you kind of mix them up? <laughs> <laughs> if it was two kinds of ice cream, would you mix them up? That's an interesting question. I mean, I certainly used to, and I certainly would be happy with two different flavours of ice cream that had already been mixed up, but would I mix them up myself? No. No. But I think that's a texture issue. Really? Mm. Because you Because they're the same texture? No, because I, I want to keep the textural integrity of the ice cream. Oh, blimey, that's a bit deep. Yeah. Yeah. No, good. I'm glad you're not going to mix it up because I think they might be yucky. <laughs> and if, if I were to do that, how would you how would you deal with that? I wouldn't judge you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's she good. said lying. <laughs> You'd probably judge me on the inside. Oh, no, on the outside on the, too. Outside. Straight up judge. Thank you for my cake, Stuart. It's delicious. That's all right. Thank you very much for agreeing. They're going to come on the Improv London podcast. Wow, it's an honour. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, <laughs> I think I'm a little bit delirious from cake. It's going to be, we're going to be cake sugar high mm. in about four minutes, and then in about ten minutes we'll be asleep. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be <just> crash. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, yeah. Where should we start? Where what? do you want to start? Should we start with the fact that you're an independent performing arts professional? Is that how you would describe yourself? I've never thought of myself as that. Uh, that sounds like something like <coughs> you'd Google. <laughs> or I, if I was on LinkedIn, that's what I'd write. That's what it says on LinkedIn for you. No! Yeah. Do you know what? I have never done anything on LinkedIn. Really? I hate it. I think it's like, 
Billy, no mate. <laughs> That's what it says next to your name. Who wrote that? I don't know. <laughs> I got, you know, like, um, with Facebook, because I was so long ago, so nervous about it. I kind of, it not, I'm going to play the drinking game. <laughs> it not being like the first step. Uh, like approaching it when you were 15, kind of going, yeah, I'm on Facebook now, which is what my daughter did when she was nine. <laughs> like going to it and kind of thinking, no, what is it? Do I really want to join this thing? It's a club. What, what, what will they find out about me? Hmm. So then when um, my friend Alison, who is a professional, not professional, but like works in charity and is a big, 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 significant person in uh, communications and uh, media and things like that and she went oh, Rosie I'm going to put you on LinkedIn thinking that'll be handy for her I looked at her I just thought no way <laughs> not only do I not want to work for most of the people who are on LinkedIn <laughs> if my friends are on LinkedIn that's fine but it's not how I'm going to communicate with them so I'm an independent what Independent performing arts professional. Well, hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I trained as an actor. Mm. Um, which was a kind of... I kind of avoided training as an actor when I was at school. I denied the fact that I wanted to do it. Really? Why did you deny it? Uh, because I thought it was um, a waste <laughs> of one's life. Really? And uh, then I, it was kind of like, I'm going to be serious. I'm going to be a window dresser. Uh, that lasted about three minutes. And, <laughs> uh, then I went to, uh, I didn't really know what else I could do. I really couldn't think of anything I could do. It was just window dressing? Just being an actor eventually. Mm. The window dressing, yeah. <laughs> and in a way... Is. It is similar. You're going to make an analogy. I'm going to make an analogy. Because what I did quite fancy seeing was seeing myself in John Lewis' window. Right. Gussying up a dummy. Yeah. And then turning around and seeing a lot of people looking at me. And there I was. Ah, performing. Nice. Yeah. Do you know in John Lewis' windows, they used to have this tradition where everything had to be triangular. The whole of the... Uh, display always needed to reach a pyramid, a triangular I point. I did not know that. That's an interesting fact. Why is that? Um, they're weird. Um, because, <laughs> uh, maybe it's like the focal point of the thing, like mm. the peak, your eye will be drawn up to mm. the fodder. Mm. Yeah. So what was it about acting? I couldn't do anything else. Really? Loved it, loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved it, loved it. Um... Yeah, so, yeah, I went to drama school um, and worked as an actor for 15 years. When I was at drama school, I, there was a unit within the training that was improvisation. Oh, yeah. And I did, as close as I can remember, as close as I could, an impression of... Uh, Abigail's party. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Alison Steadman. Yes. 
which I denied I was doing. <laughs> oh, it really was me talking like that, <laughs> completely, the whole time. <laughs> and everyone went, are you just doing an impression of Alistair Steadman? I was like, no, this is my character that I have deeply researched. <laughs> and uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, that was improvisation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's strange because uh, when I was at university and I did a bit of acting, I first discovered Abigail's party through other people doing of, impressions, do impressions of Alison <laughs> No, they were doing impressions of me. Oh, yeah, obviously, yes. <laughs> yes, because they weren't quite Alison They weren't quite they're, they're, good enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so was that a, a conscious choice? You thought, well, that's a, that's a strong uh, role. I'll do that. Or... I, think what, I think what they were teaching you to do in that particular uh, unit I'm wiping the dust off my <laughs> right here. But it was one of those things where they said, start with something you know and then move away from it. Right. And I thought the character I was playing was a North London Jewish person. But she sounded exactly like Alison Steadman <laughs> in Abigail. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, so yeah, drama school, then I acted uh, pretty successfully for about 15 years. And then I kind of went, oh, I'm not going to have any work this year. And I was working for a theatre company that had, uh, as part of the company, they had an Arts Council funded group, which was a writer's group. Oh, right. Wouldn't get that now. We'd <laughs> <laughs> have to pay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a, a great playwright called Noel Gregg was employed for uh, weekly and monthly sessions to work with young actors and interested writers. So I did this, loved it, and then in the realization that I wasn't going to get any work for a year, I don't know how I knew. This. <laughs> I decided to do an MA in playwriting, which is what I did. Oh, right. And I went to Birmingham and worked on some David Edgars in charge of the MA playwriting there. That was a gift. It really yeah. was a gift. Fantastic. Because David Edgar just got his mates to come and talk to us. So <laughs> you'd have Tom Stoppard dropping by. And I always thought, Tom Stoppard, what a wanker. <laughs> hated his plays <laughs> but the thing was that he would come in and he could all right and um well he, even the real inspector hound well yeah yeah because it's so there's something about that kind of like academic oh. um punning right okay that probably resonates too closely <laughs> <laughs> and i'm obviously have to go that's rubbish and shit so, uh, yeah. Um, Sorry, I interrupted you. That's all right. No, no, no. Defend him. Uh, Tom <laughs> Stoppard. Yeah, so Tom Stoppard dropped by with a drop. So our project with Tom Stoppard was to look at the draft of his play and help him make it better. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> you could sit there going, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. Why? coming in there when she's just had an argument with him you know that kind of it was great it was fantastic and he goes mm, very useful make a note of it <laughs> then he got an Olivier <laughs> and 
No, it was fantastic. And um, I learnt to write. And that was brilliant because you can be a real megalomaniac. Really? Yeah. It's the power, is it? The power like? inside your own head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get to play every part. Ah, that's interesting. Whereas an actor, you can only play one part unless it's a very big play. You might do two. Um, yeah, you, get, you have to play every part. But what I discovered was that sometimes I would think, in this play, I'm going to write this very interesting, really intellectual, um, hugely intelligent male character. And that is why the narrative will work in this certain way. And I'd sit down and then I'd realise that because I had very limited capacity in my brain, the intellectual quality of the work was minimal. <laughs> uh, my understanding of the male behaviour and psyche was minimal. And uh, so the storyline was just basically what was me driving it. And that my yeah, that would, no, it won't work because I, I hit the limit of my uh, expanded <laughs> capacity. So I could sometimes think that actually within improv that I that not I, obviously not, um, that you can kind of sometimes, you think, I'm going to come on and I'm going to be this really extraordinarily very different character and I won't be able to do it because I hit the limit of my capacity. Right. And, um, yeah, that's when I kind of think, oh, I, want, I want to, you know, break through the top of my head sometimes. Yeah. That's interesting because, although I don't know you very well, whenever I've seen you perform, I've always been struck by how well-developed the characters are. And I've never thought, oh, well, that's just Rosie playing with a thin veil. I've always believed in the characters that you've done. I think, thank you for that. No, and I think I, um, I think as an experienced improviser and having trained as an actor, uh, one of the things that I enjoy and also I miss seeing in some other performers is the truthfully rooted mm. emotion of the moment. Mm. Um, I, I know I can access that easily but I know that other people find quite a lot of other people find that quite hard to get locked in when they're starting out. Hmm. So what do you mean by the truth in... That in an, an emotional truth of each moment is, I would say, what, as an actor, one would search for as a performer. Right. So uh, if you were coming in as a policeman, it would not just be the line, oh, Mrs Higgins, uh, your dog's been run over, but how the emotional truth, whatever that how those words affected that policeman and how therefore the weight of oh Mrs. Higgins your dog's been run over uh would then resonate for the next moment. Right. Okay, that's really interesting. Because I've never studied um acting formally. So I am greatly uh, intrigued by yeah, yeah, that yeah, sort of yeah. thing because I've never done it and it's like right, so how how do you get better at doing that? How do you get? I would, <clears throat> I you know sometimes when you, um, see like if like if you went to hear a piece of music 
and it's beautifully conducted and it's beautifully played by an orchestra you get the whole thing mm. if you go and hear that same piece of music and it's played by an amateur orchestra with um a not particularly rigorous conductor though the intentions are all good mm. what you hear is the structure of the music and the holes in it and how it's pieced together so you you might you, they all might be playing emotionally brilliantly and to the best of their abilities but what you hear is the, how it's put together rather than the whole thing, which you would do if you went to see the London Philharmonic. Mm. Yeah. So, mm, what am I saying is, yes, that a director could help an actor and the training can help an actor make it a whole thing rather than just the separate bits. Oh, yes, yeah, stand here say the line, look in that direction, don't fall over. Yeah. Be, uh, be quizzically interested in the woman that opens the door is the instruction, but to do it all at the same time and therefore create a truthful moment, oh, Mrs Higgins, your dog's been run over, uh, is he, you know, if you were a poncy actor, then you could kind of go and research uh, people who've been... Uh, people who deliver bad news to people you could go and research um what he'd had for breakfast and therefore he might you know what was the next uh, thing on his list yeah so is he really interested in mrs higgins and his and the dog or is he uh, uh just doing his job he has no interest in it why did the dog get run over do we care that the dog was run over is there some reason that somebody was driving so fast that the dog got... You know what I mean? Mm, you build mm. a whole kind of uh, Robert De Niro uh, <laughs> approach to doing yeah. it. Or uh, or you go, you know what? It's just one line. I'm going to say it. We move on to the next bit of the story. Mm. So you're establishing a backstory for the character, but not uh, putting that backstory... Well, it's, it remains backstory, essentially. Mm -hmm. but it informs the way in which you portray that particular scene. Yeah. Which, when you're acting and you know what, you know, the part you're going to play, you're able to do that. Are you still able to do that if you're going to be improvising? Um, I think you kind of discover the truth of it as you go along. Right. In the unpredictability of improv, so I kind of sometimes think... Oh, I know what. I'll, I'll, in this situation, I'll, I'm going to come in as uh, you know the the uh, the dashing husband of the beleaguered wife, right? So in my head, I really think, oh yeah, this is what this scene needs. The dashing husband, beleaguered wife. On she comes. I don't know if you can see that's in my head. <laughs> so when I'm kind of going, ah, oh, Matilda, of course. <laughs> Why have you locked yourself into the coal shed again? <laughs> that unless I bring enough characteristics of the dashing husband, or um, nobody's going to know. They're just going to think, oh, Rosie, come on, she's uh, <laughs> saying something about the woman in the cupboard. We're not quite sure what it is, but but then they're endowing me with other things. I've yes. got to play with it. So the truth of what I came on with might be you know fantastically oscar winning but yes uh it's going to disappear very quickly if i get endowed with something else yes. or uh whatever somebody else gives me could just blow that out of the water yeah. at any second and i love that yeah uh, at the same time 
as in annoyed as I am by I'm sorry there was about to be a rather significant piece of theatre which is good do you know what I mean yeah. like you just go fuck it what's next okay yeah, yeah, here we are dancing yeah it's marvellous um, yeah it, 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 I like it ravelling and unravelling at the yes. same time yes no, there's something very um, beautiful about being able to ride the waves yeah um, that are coming your way yeah so do you, are you, how much are you premise-based and how much are you organic in your approach? How much of an idea will you have before you come on stage? Even though you're prepared to, you know, abandon that idea immediately. Mm. Oh, 90% of the time, no idea at all. <laughs> I find that reassuring. 90% of the time. <laughs> um, I, and I think it depends what format you're in. Mm. Like if I'm doing impromptu Shakespeare and it is a structured, uh, not structured, sorry, it's all improvised. Ah. Um, and, um, and we've been got a whole series of um, suggestions from the audience. That is, uh, and we're halfway through the piece. Um, I pretty much know if I've started off playing uh, the Duke of Kentucky, I'm going to, and it's become a major character, I'm sticking with that. Right, Because yes. we're improvising a traditional narrative. Yes. That you don't just kind of go, oh, and now I'm a cowgirl. <laughs> because that would be fun. But, you know, we, we, yeah, with the expectations of the audience need to be fulfilled. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about impromptu Shakespeare. So... I haven't actually seen... That's okay, Stuart. I'll do it for you now. That would be lovely. So, <laughs> do you ask the audience for a list of suggestions? What we do, and it's a rather innovative little beginning, <laughs> Stuart, which you'll love. <laughs> because we found that the audience were quite nervous that they had a responsibility to deliver Shakespearean things to ah, us. Ah, right, okay. Or we found, the alternative find, was that we go, well, so, could you suggest some Shakespearean things? And then they said, chip shop. And it'd be really irritating. <laughs> um, we are megalomaniacs. So, what we did is that we got ping pong balls and we wrote Shakespearean tropes, ideas, characteristics. Say, dagger, twins, shipwreck, priest, temple. Yeah? Yeah. So we've got about a hundred of them. And we give them out to the audience when they come in. Yeah. Then the company comes on, introduces what we're gonna do, blah 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 blah. And one member of the com when one member of the company is wearing this rather elaborate pair of breeches. And at a given point, the audience throw their ping pong balls <laughs> into the breeches. <laughs> and those random things <laughs> randomly get into the show so out of the ping pong balls that get into the bard's britches <laughs> you're right i love that it's it's that ge is that is, is genius. genius that is genius genius because you see also <laughs> who doesn't just, love things thrown into other people's trousers they immediately <laughs> relax yes. we're all singing and dancing the person playing the bard at that moment is opening and closing their 
elasticated britches. So they're making and they're dancing up and down, sometimes doing it at the back. And um, it just allows that pressure of what we're gonna what we're gonna do, mm. we get enough usually we've never had a problem with not having enough balls in the britches and loads of double entendre <laughs> are revealed at that moment. So then like eight or so balls would be taken out. Nobody knows what you just put your hand in, put it on right, say what they are. So you get other members of the car. Yeah, to pull so them. someone comes and takes them like, Oh, I'm gonna have a rummage in here, Mr. <laughs> with Shakespeare And if they get the back you know, all that thank you. Uh, we write it all on a chalkboard and then out of say eight things that we uh, come out of the britches, uh, two of them will be elaborated on. So, right. um, you know, um, revenge. What would you consider to be uh, a suitable act of revenge? Yeah. And then we say, ooh, M Martin thought that um, uh, adultery would be a suitable thing to take revenge on. Yeah. And then so we have Martin and we have adultery. And so we, there's just a couple of things yeah, that we kind yeah, of yeah. elaborate yeah. on so you get a so you can weave that in. So, uh, yeah, that's how it works. I mean, I love anything that avoids having people having to shout stuff out. Yeah. Um, because that's fine, but I want to hear from the quiet people as well, the people that don't feel confident shouting things out. Yeah, and there's default things that get shouted out yeah. over the years. Yeah. You know, cheese grater. Number Spat of shows I've been Spatula. in. Spatula. Yeah, cheesecake. Chinese takeaway. Pineapple. Yeah. Submarine. Oh, so I kind of thought, um, I kind of think how you control those asks from the audience. Mm. I think, especially in genre things, mm. I think we're allowed to do it. And also, it it's not like we're cheating. No, we're not saying, oh, you've given us eight things. Actually, we knew what they were, so here's a whole play yeah. that we've written. Yeah. It's They can see it's random. Yes, yes. Um, but it is just a way of shaping the show mm. to just get to that more interesting thing than you might get yeah. in other ways. So then, so th there's somebody playing the bard. Yeah, but only for that moment to oh, get right. the balls. Right. Nobody yeah. uh, then is Shakespeare-y after that moment. So we <laughs> have like eight or so things that are going to be interwoven into the play. And at the top, we just try to do a scene with more than two people. That is just what we call a state of the nation scene. Right, yes, okay. So it's completely anything. It's three people that happen to be plucking chickens. <laughs> it's three people that happen to be looking over a countryside, standing on a hill looking over a countryside. So we can just relax. We don't have to do any plotting. No right. plotting yes. in the first yes. scene. Yes, yes, yes. And otherwise, we can't hear what we're doing because we're so busy plotting from that moment. Right. But if you've got on the list of givens, loads and loads of, like, Rome, murder, poison, destitution, start that state of a nation scene somewhere else, and it's lovely. So you've got somewhere to go yes. so yes. that you can feel and uh, as a playwright, I would do that too. Yes. If you know what you're doing is going to be exploring yes. 
the horror of uh, the murder of a child. Don't, well, actually, no, I'm changing my mind as soon as that. <laughs> you know, but the journey for the audience is more interesting if they thought they were there and then they ended up somewhere completely different. Mm. But then they end up going to Rome. Yeah. Right. But our audience, no, because they've read the chalked up words. They know what. So if they think, oh, yeah, we know what's going to be. Oh, it's going to be all in togas. No, it isn't. It's just still us in our clothes, but the illusion is there. <laughs> um, the, um, the it, they go, oh, hang on a minute. Why? How, how are we going to get them from this, uh, you know, hillside in Nottinghamshire to Rome? Well, that's for us to find out. That's for us to have the fun of unpicking whatever improvisation we create. Yes, and it's it's like just remembering things in improv. I don't know if it's the big secret of improv, but just being able to remember things that the audience have said and then to bring those things back later. Yeah, reincorporation. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's just lovely. It's brilliant, isn't it? And, yeah. um, and it's and it's so simple, but it kind of brings such a great payoff. Pay mm. You know, if, like sometimes um, when you do those little explorations into the audience to say, so, um, you know, a journey. What, what's the most recent journey you've been on? Have you, oh, you went on holiday. Oh, interesting. Where did you go? Sardinia. And, and was, was, what was interesting about the journey? Oh, you got delayed. So just enough of that is that we know that at some point, some, one character is going to be delayed. They might have been to Sardinia or they could have been on holiday. And, yeah. and what happened? Oh, there wasn't enough food. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. Just it won't be a major plot thread. Yes. It could be if it really, you know, if, it, if like we're getting stuck. Oh, hang on a minute. Yes, I've still got that. Yeah, we've still got all there. these other things to unpick. So within Impromptu Shakespeare, mm. what role, what, you see, I was going to say, what role do you play? What part do you play? What is your thing? What sort of... What? <laughs> well, we do. Uh, uh, one of the things that I uh, enjoy uh, in rehearsal and kind of, kind of like yearly analysis like we'll do a kind of like big overhaul once a year that's interesting and we'll kind of feedback to each other so everybody has a piece of paper with their name on it and at one side it says things i do brilliantly and then on the other side it says things we'd like to see more of oh right okay that's and a good the way rest of, doing of the company write down things you do brilliantly yes so uh, so you're just bathed in golden light when you read it and you have to sit there on a chair in front of the rest of the company and read it all out and then on the other side it says things we'd like to see more of right okay so um so what so i could say as far as that what do i do in the company i do <laughs> uh bizarre character work really uh-huh right i do how, how, let's let's explore that for a minute uh-huh so how bizarre, because there's a lot of bizarre things in Shakespeare. There are. Uh, see, I, yeah, well, I'll start off saying what I have used to do, which was I used to play all the nurses, old priests, 
grandfathers, stately old kings. What people want me to do is play juvenile leads <laughs> um, uh, straight characters that aren't coming on with a <laughs> hunchback and a lisp. <laughs> it's like your go-to. Yeah. yeah. Love a hunchback with a lisp. God, yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah. To get away, because all that kind of character part is my default really. yes okay and i love it and it earns me a living but the other stuff that i would never be cast as cleopatra or uh macbeth or yeah that kind of significant role yeah which is never going to be in my canon play it now brilliant not that we ever get a play that would ever have anything I like either of those significant characters because if you think it's just going to be a jumble of traits right. but, uh, and also we have an hour to do it yeah. and it's mostly about having fun yes. so yeah the ass yeah I might get to play the ass <laughs> <laughs> how would you uh, how would you how with would a lisp presumably yeah and a hunchback <laughs> <laughs> those are hasps those are hunchback asps <laughs> They're always uh, causing trouble. Uh, okay, brilliant. So what else is on the list that you... Uh... What, things that I bring to impromptu Shakespeare? Yes. Oh, God. Um, I suppose, um, like, this rehearsal coming up, I'm going to talk a bit about stagecraft. All right, yeah. How do you do that? How do I do stagecraft? Yes. Because... It's simple things that that um, make it more difficult for the audience to see what's happening. Right. Uh, like, if we just stand in a line, mm -hmm. then the audience just get a line of people. And if we're talking to each other, we're going to be turning our heads from side to side. Mm. And um, that's a natural way to do it. But if you make it into a U-shape, then yeah. we're going to be able to get reactions all the way around. Right, yes. Yeah. If you've got something important to say, don't say it at the back of the stage. No. Bring yourself forward. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love and that it sort of really thing. depends on what shape space you're playing in. You must have seen it with Yedrick. Yeah. Clearly, one of the most difficult spaces. It's very deep. Deep. So then Jill's brought in the boxes, so we play forward. But even so, if you make yourself too wide, mm. you could use it to your advantage. But with improv, if I start off doing something over here, you might not know what I'm doing because it's so far away. <laughs> I might be upstaging, undermining changing something yeah. very beautiful going on yeah and so the you know the good things of doing improv is working together and listening yes. and actually sometimes the space can yeah that's interesting and their projection yes. is pretty tricky yeah because it's a weird dead space so some places like the Miller, 
small. You don't really, you can sniff and everybody <laughs> you. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. But that big space like the Edric, well, that's a theatre. And so you have to use your voice. Even if you're saying something intimate, you have to yeah. support what you're doing. Those people have paid money. They don't want to hear somebody whispering. Mm. Well, they can't hear them. Just they speak. can't hear somebody <laughs> whispering. And that, you know, I'm probably an old school <laughs> drinking game. Um, uh, in that, I think if people have paid, then they deserve to get their money's worth. Yeah, definitely. And it's not just about us pissing around. <laughs> That's what. So that's what rehearsal's for, but even then, I don't know. Oh, crying with laughter is what rehearsal's for. Does that happen a lot with improvisation? Uh, no, no, never. Very serious. No, very, very serious. Very serious. No, sometimes if it's got too far up its own arse, <laughs> uh, then it has to severely uh, be taken apart and uh, laughed at. You have to go quite far. You're already improvising Shakespeare. How does one go too far? What, for, for it to be so far up its own yeah. arse? Oh, because everybody's just like, I think sometimes um, we're kind of like looking for the story and we haven't got a story. And right. so everyone's kind of like, you know, c coming on, doing, trying to offer something really, but my Lord, ha ha, thing. <laughs> and actually what you need to go is, this is a rehearsal. It's, Really enjoy yourself. Yeah. Just, just stop, stop earnestness or right. Um, stop integrity. Stop that now. Stop integrity. <laughs> what do you no. mean by that? Oh, uh, the integrity of, of playing Shakespeare. You know? Ah, right. One has to honour it, and actually, sometimes we just need to go. Don't be so silly. Because when Shakespeare was originally performed, it was, you know, popularist. It was. You know. Political, it was social comment, it was, it's tricky, it is, you know, it's, it's what the hell are we doing? Um, <laughs> it is a kind of, if you bring all the historical Im, uh, implications on with you, mm. you couldn't open your mouth. Yeah. What we're doing is improvising within certain boundaries and frameworks and being inspired by hmm. so so um what 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 sort of frameworks are you working within then are you doing in impromptu shakespeare so you haven't got enough time to do five acts with so many oh, scenes oh good god no everything whatever we do is always going to be defined by the amount of time we've got to play hmm. so i think the only things we know are we get the the ideas from the audience in the ping pong balls. We start <laughs> with a state of a nation scene. Mm. We end with the final scene should be uh, the whole company, unless you're already dead. <laughs> in which case, <laughs> you're allowed not to come on. <laughs> um, it should be resolved in some way. Uh, we used to try and end with a marriage, but we don't do that so much anymore. Right, okay. And um, there are thoughts afoot. We always end with a, at least two rhyming couplets. Nice, yes. So it doesn't have to be an individual that would deliver them. It could be two or three members of the company 
moving a rhyming couplet around the stage uh, so that the audience know it's the end. Mm. Technicians know it's the end. <laughs> we know it's the end. With improv, you could keep going on and on. Yeah. Unless we will manage to kill us, each other and ourselves. Um, Which in a Shakespeare play is... You it know, very often happens yeah. at some time. Yeah, there have been members of the company who would um, see it as part of the... All in a day's work to make sure they... You know, even <laughs> where things were going brilliant, they'd, they'd find a vial of poison about themselves and <laughs> stop themselves just because she can. Um, yeah. So when you got involved with Impromptu Shakespeare, was it the improv or was it the Shakespeare or was it just thinking, oh, combine these two things? It was both. Um, I think I had found it hard to find and be part of a company within the improv scene, pardon me, that was interesting enough to stimulate me ah. challenging I wanted to work with people that were uh, better than me right and I wanted to uh, get myself out of playing short form games right okay so I hadn't worked in a long form narrative company before but I was beginning to understand that that, that was a potential yes and I went to uh, do I kind of like had I started off when I came back to performing after having been a writer for a long time I started off going to Hoopla and in between having been a writer I uh, got married and had my daughter and so the circumstances and implications of my life, I couldn't just be an actor. Right. I had to bring money in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to be a responsible parent. So going back to perform, after having been a writer, um, doing improv allowed me to perform without having to rehearse, right. without having to audition without having to make a commitment. I could go one week, I didn't need to come back for five weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could uh, be late and it wouldn't undermine anything. Yeah. I could uh, have not thought about anything and just turn up. Yeah. So it solved, uh, you know, a need in me to perform. Mm. And uh, opened a fantastically exciting door. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I went to Hoopla when it was in Ballum. And, of course, Steve and Edgar were just the best people to yes. go and work with. Yes. After. Yeah. Especially if you're a beginner. Yeah. They're so warm and they're yeah. so full of and love and joy. Absolutely. And just I just marvelled at um, the care and support yeah. that they offered to the people that yeah. went. And uh, really, in comparison to some directors that I've worked with professionally, <laughs> I would say they offered a, a brilliant service. Um, yeah, yeah, really, really and truly. So um, I worked, I went and did Hoopla for a couple of years, which allowed me to then say, uh, can I perform now? Right. Uh, uh, which they 
very graciously did and that was fun but I kind of thought you know what short form it's it's I found it too frustrating I felt like every time I got started we're on to something else right yeah and um also it uh I'm going to do the drinking name now <laughs> um that there were things in the short form games that I just wouldn't get like <laughs> Edgar brilliantly would would kind of go right now we're going to do rapping <laughs> this is in performance right we're going to rap this right and I just think oh fuck really this is the worst thing for me I don't understand it it's not part of my musical heritage <sighs> but then and you know the other voice goes yeah and you get up and you do it and you get up and you do it and most of the time it's fine but somewhere deep within me is going. I don't get it. And also, this is, this is not, you know, this is not going to be a great item for the audience to watch. Because all I would do is swear, you know, and do the moves and, and rhyme a bit. Very entertaining that does Absolutely. sound as well, actually. And then there'd be bits in some of the short form things, like references to movies that have escaped me. All of those kind of diehard movies, all of that really, really massively popular things yeah. are not part of my experience no. because of where I am in my life. Yeah. It hasn't been, like, even Back to the Future, I had to do a bit of research on that. You know what I mean? It's like silly things that I think, why hasn't that been part of my life? Well, just because I was being 25 when, you know, I was being 30 at that moment. I was being 40 at that moment. So it wasn't something... So there are bits that I just kind of think, I can't deliver yeah. the right thing. And directors would say, if it doesn't matter if you don't know. Just act, pretend yeah. that you do. But if somebody's come to see something very specific... Yeah. Like, you know, there's some companies that... There's no point in me... Like all those ones that do filmy stuff. Yeah. There's no point. I've got big grey areas. There's and yeah. nobody wants to oh, she's that woman who plays the part of she doesn't know what the film is. Right. <laughs> what the genre is. Yeah. So she I can't you know, there's things I can't do. It will require more you know, research and you know. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So um <laughs> I only watched Back to the Future since starting doing improv. Brilliant. <laughs> I, I know it back to front now. Um, but I, yeah, and there's kind of things that I think, oh, I must watch that actually, because it does sound quite <laughs> Back to the Future. I've, I've seen it now. That's good. Um, yeah, so I started doing Hoopla, short form. Uh, oh, yeah, so I try and do, if I hadn't done any uh, performing or any um, classes, I try and make sure I go and do like a masterclass with someone. So I went to do a masterclass week, I think it was. No, it wasn't. It was like over six weeks with Mark Beltzman. And um, I also spoke to him and I said, I'm really not, I really can't find where I am in this. I don't know how to find who to perform with. And he went, oh, it, you know, it's going to happen. You're amazing. It's amazing. Which is brilliant. <laughs> and he'd say things like, I'll perform with you, Rosie. Like, That's great. You're in America. I'm here. Mm. Okay. <laughs> um, um, so, but in that 
group of people, Rob Wilson was in it, and he approached me afterwards and said, I'm thinking of doing an improvised Shakespeare company, do you want to audition? Which indeed I did. And as soon as he said improvised and Shakespeare, I thought, ah, yes. Right. Because every improviser secretly wants to do Shakespeare. Of course you do. (laughs) For me, you know, having um, had a classical education, yeah. Yeah. What's not to like? (laughs) (laughs) All those other people rolling their eyes. Well, now I know about the ping pong balls and the britches. What is not not, to like? I think that covers all markets. Yeah, you can show you the costumes as well if you want. (laughs) Um, um, So, yeah. I do like um, retraining, re-educating myself. Like, I went and did... um, the FA quite recently. Yeah. Which was great fun. Really, really good. And what I what I remembered and what I realised was the kind of like potent drug element of improvisation. Right. Going back into class and starting at the bottom again. Yeah. And I, I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. Because learning something new like that those moments of exploring and uncovering things with a group of equals, all exploring and uncovering things at the same time, like it's like stepping into Narnia. Yeah. And nobody else but those people in that room were in Narnia with you. Yeah. Yet that sense of euphoria carries you through for a couple of days but you need to go back and get the next fix right yeah you need to go and then when you enter that room and they're the same people there and you know that you shared that time when you opened the door into Nadia and you got snowed on and Mr Tumnus was there and then you slayed the lion or you didn't (laughs) those moments were of shared Joy is like the drugs. Yeah. That coming back, and then you find it again, and you find it again, and then you move on to level two, and it's a whole group of new people, and you have to start again. But but then again, I know that those people that I met in those moments of Narnia, I kind of love them in a way that they never will know how much I love them, yeah. because we explored something or found something or created something so clear and pure and joyous that um, even if I just see their pictures go by on Facebook, that I kind of treasure them in a very special way. Uh, Yeah, so the FA... um, I wish, I wish, I, I love it. I like doing that kind of work. It's challenging and hard and I like it being a new discipline and my mind having to work in a different way and it not always being yes and. And um, I think it's fantastically interesting. I just wish everything was cheaper in the world. 
Yeah. It is finances that stop yeah. me doing 90% of the things yeah. that I want to do. Yeah. I can't progress because I haven't got the money to do it. Yeah. Um, I can't. I envy everyone who goes to Chicago or LA to study and go, oh, I'm going to UCB now to do my level four. Well, good for you, mate. Brilliant. You've got you've got these times in your youthful lives yeah. and this bit of money to go and do it. I'm so jealous. One day I'll be able to go and do those things. <laughs> I don't know how. But uh, yeah, at this point in my life, to go, oh, go away for six weeks yeah. and spend three grand on yourself, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But I look at you all doing it, I think, fucking love you guys. <laughs> and I would, I would, I would. But So I have to do it in small po pockets, like doing masterclasses or struggling up the FA ladder. But, you know, I, I like, I feel like finances are just yeah. so debilitating. Yeah. I know. We should be paid to do it. Yes, we should. <laughs> they should pay us. Yes. That don't think works economically, no. but no. it would be good. It would be good. <laughs> okay, so I should, uh, should think of a big... A big final question. What would you like the future to hold for either you or for the improv scene in London in general? Is there anything you would like to see more of? Yeah, let's do it like that, the, the other side of the uh, piece of paper where we'd like to see Oh yeah, more things of, you're really good at, things we'd like yes, to see more of. What we'd like to see more of uh, from you or from the scene in London? Oh. I think the scene's pretty strong and pretty good I think I would like to see it reaching a larger audience I um, was saddened by the fact that we're all playing to each other all the time right. and it, that I suppose that doesn't make me very excited to think oh it's it's just all referring, self-referential all the time. Yeah. Um, I would, I think, yes, it would be great if it reached a larger, larger audience. I would like it to be, uh, once it reached a larger audience, to be slightly more polished. Right. Um, polished in what way? I, I don't know. I suppose I kind of think, do I want everything to be like showstoppers? you know a really kind of polished commercial thing I'm not dissing them that's completely right that that is their format and it completely works and it um do I want everything to be like that no but I don't know I feel a little bit like we're all kind of a bit of a ragtaggy thing in a ragtaggy space right and so if we were to reach a wider audience uh, we just need to polish up a little bit we can do that we can do that yeah everyone wear t-shirts with improv written on <laughs> is that that would be it that, that would be the yeah, way forward look, uh, we'll all wear blue blue yeah yeah that would be it that would be it we'll just wear blue yeah that would... I think there's some great companies out there 
I really do. I think there's some fantastic performers. I'd like to see more women. I'd like to see more women-only companies. I'd like to see whole festivals of women-only performances. Um, what more would we like from the improv community? What do, well, no, hang on, what do I want to do next? Um, I'd like to get further in the FA and maybe be in one of their troops. I don't know, but I do quite like that kind of performance. I would like to keep going with Impromptu Shakespeare and I would like it to be extraordinarily successful. Brilliant. I think they sound like worthwhile goals. Let's all get let's all start working towards all those things now. Thank you very body. much, Stuart. If you could arrange for that for me. Yeah, well I will get my uh, my uh, my team of listeners, my legion of listeners yeah. to start carrying out your commands and then yeah. we'll have a better Do place. it now. Do it now. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. I made this. That's improv. <laughs> That's improv.